the larger the longer you're in a space the more you genuinely start to understand like who is talented and where the talented people are and and you get develop an appreciation for what they're doing like trying to shoot youtube videos i'm like oh all of these people have beautiful lighting setups and have multiple people shooting cameras for them and are really great at editing and you're like got it yeah, <laughs> yeah. brett's starting to appreciate the uh the tiered system of youtube streaming and in fact e-girls as well <laughs> it's, when you actually drill down in this stuff you realize that some of the most successful e-girls are people that already had communications degrees from lsu so they know how to set up lighting they know how to the camera but what about the girls i grew up with the ones whose bedrooms are in absolute fucking state they, they don't own a toothbrush somehow who are how are they going to get started streaming their boyfriends keep stealing their laptops. <laughs> These are the people we need to look out for. So, you know, fight capitalism wherever you find it. <laughs> but yeah, the, the more I've tried to get into creative endeavors, the more I understand everything that's going into it, the more appreciation I have for it, which is, I mean, it's the same as every other thing I've done, every other like industry I've gotten into. As you understand it, you start to appreciate the people who are doing it really well. Sometimes you get into work and you go, oh, most of these people working in this field are idiots. That's why I have sort of a higher baseline respect for creative field people, because in general is most of them, even the ones that are really good, hate themselves enough because they still have to produce like a, a deliverable mm -hmm. that they look at with their elevated sense of taste and go, boy, that's shit. You should kill yourself <laughs> all the way up to like the top one percentile. Then you go full on like, I'm David Bowie. I'm pretty sure everything I do is magic. Like, like you can hit there, <laughs> but that's not going to be a problem for most of us. And so yeah. creative people and in like, general. Like, like lots of people at that top level you're talking about too are, a lot of them aren't even producing their own stuff anymore. They've just got like a team of like, you know, people in their little sweatshop making stuff for them that they can then just mark the prices up and, you know, take, take most of the profit, which is like, you know, pretty indicative of our entire system and they're, they're not, you know, outside of it in any way, really. Yeah. I have a, a friend who's a painter and it's like, there's no way, how do you live as a painter? Right. And, and the answer is, you know, she just works for a much bigger uh, influencer in L.A. who has a whole workshop, Andy Warhol style. And, you know, you paint it and then someone else signs it and that gives it way more value than if you just produced it. Same exact item, capitalism, very good, art world, very good. Uh, no problems here. And then, and then some, uh, you know, oligarch can park a, you know, illicitly gained uh, sum of money in, in that art piece and the system can just work itself from there. Yeah, it, it really is just like uh, token currency for international cabals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, literally. I'm going to trade you one Van Gogh for one little St. James. Well, I think it's worth three Van Goghs. Well, fellas, <laughs> let's not fight. And it is always fellas. I, I bet you like a Damien Hurst piece has been like traded for a ride on, on the Lolita Express at some point. <laughs> like, oh my God. If you have a Damien Hurst piece and you haven't nutted on it, are you even engaging with the piece? That's the only reason. The subtext must become text in that case. And I feel like Damien would agree with me. <laughs> Certainly he isn't opposed to wanking if you've seen his oeuvre. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is Brett at Ringworld's Board. This is Rob uh, at Dumb and Awful, number one ever glow stand, Eastern Europe. <laughs> uh, uh, and with us this week is Griff Shop. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Griff Shop um, of the titular Griff Shop. Uh, you can find me at Griff Shop. The O is a zero and go to Griff.shop for all your Griff Shop needs. What, is right. Griff, what does Griff Shop mean? Um, well, it's uh, originally I sort of um, conceived it as, you know, a pun on gift shop, just on the most basic level. But I'm so fucking Slavic. I- I've been following you on Twitter like since day one. Until you just now explained it, I never made that connection. Neither did I. <laughs> Not even once. Um, and it's also just, yeah, it, it's also just sort of an expression of the fact that we live in the age of the grift, you know, it, it's, it's the Trump era. Um, and I, and I completely neuter any potential criticisms of me profiting off of the leftist movement with my designs by being very upfront about the, the branding in the name. Um, and in that way, you're, you're very much a better salesman and a better human being than say like the pod save America people. Because it's important to realize the grift goes both ways. Yeah, we, does. we we either respect the grift or we reject the grift. And um, uh, that I, is why we all agree Pelosi is a queen. <laughs> <laughs> when she tore up that speech, it was it was for all of us and yeah. for her Teespring account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, uh, I you know one of one of the you know themes running through is I, I this account is I love posting the just ridiculous merch products that are coming out of the, you know, candidates, uh, campaign stores over the course of, of the primary. Um, oh yeah. It's, it's a great follow, uh, Griff shop. Thanks. Um, and I, I, I recommend, um, and I'm a, I'm a newly minted, uh, podcast host as well. Uh, we have clout grifters, which has two episodes out now. It's sort of like a, um, for left Twitter by left Twitter, uh, show with, you know, a bunch of just fun, uh, small to medium sized accounts, just hanging out and doing, um, you know, meta, um, media narrative discourse. Well, there's nothing I love more than, uh, Twitter and leftists and podcasts. So, uh, <laughs> if I wasn't planning on committing suicide briefly, uh, I would be listening. So definitely check that <laughs> one. <laughs> That's Hell a yeah. tough market because anyone that hits all those, uh, preference points is also too depressed to even get their way over to the phone and listen <laughs> but uh yeah i mean don't don't get it wrong i like i don't know much about the art space at all i'm very much very much an outsider to all this but you know that's uh you know griff griff shop uh you know just keep this going and someday you know i i, I will be the art space it'll be the only streetwear brand under you know the um, you know, centralized economy, and it can operate as an anarcho syndicate. I don't like the menace with which you say art space. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like some Hellraiser, the Cube type shit. <laughs> Enter into my art space. Art space. Everyone here is now bisexual <laughs> by law. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into it then. There's a lot of like people trying to do like lessons learned at Super Tuesdays. Bernie didn't do a good enough job with this base or that base or whatever the case might be. Um, and I, you know, there's some criticisms there. Largely what happened is the old people showed up in record numbers, uh, and very clearly went, go fuck yourself, young people. So even if you try to split demographics, uh, because everybody's going, well, African-American voters, same thing, older voters versus younger voters. It's pretty consistent across virtually every demographic. Yeah. They, they basically said, uh, okay, zoomer to our okay boomer. Um, yeah, the, the, they, the boomers will always show up to fuck us over. It's a pretty consistent theme we've gotten for the last 50 fucking years now. But uh, 
the all the other criticisms to me feel a bit inadequate because what happened, what you saw is Bernie had a massive on the ground presence in basically every one of these states. He's doing organizing. Joe Biden um, had nothing, right? He literally hadn't been to most of these states. He had done no ads. He had done no organizing. In California, he had no volunteers. And so what you saw was what happens when organizing comes up against a concerted effort from the DNC and a media apparatus willing to give it nonstop positive play. And it was timed perfectly because had it been even three or four days later, it would have cooled off a little bit and it wouldn't you wouldn't have seen as many votes swing. But they perfectly coordinated and timed it. And you could see the power of media in shaping what happens. That that is that to me is the takeaway from Super Tuesday. This is how powerful a media apparatus is when they decide to fucking nuke you or go all in behind one thing. It's the exact same way Trump got in in the first place is the media constantly allowed him to bully them into saying whatever the fuck he wanted. This was them demonstrating that power once again. Yeah, I I think someone I saw someone did like a calculation of what would have been the the value of the the free media, like like the free positive media that Biden got between South Carolina and Super Tuesday. And it was basically equivalent to to how much Bloomberg spent on his entire campaign, but concentrated into less than a week, like half a week there. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, that 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 part is massive. So, I mean, I think one of the takeaways needs to be obviously the media is not your friend. Most of us knew that, but they made it abundantly clear this time. But two, the power of having of building alternative media sources becomes even more important. And and uh, you know, I it's been funny to watch people attack like Chapo because. <laughs> For for various reasons, I'm not going to because right now I have bigger fish to fry, one. And two, they're actually out organizing. A lot of my criticisms die away because they're showing up and yeah. doing the work. Yeah. On balance, uh, if you put Chapo on one side and then you put everyone that ever criticizes them on the other, and you know some of that's valid, some of that isn't, uh, I'm pretty sure that more people are knocking doors on the Chapo side. I've seen a lot of people that like cosplay as like a Maoist ninja revolutionary uh, still shitting on Chapo despite never logging off their fucking uh, Black Desert MMO server. One of the criticisms I've been seeing more frequently of Chapo, um, some of the other bigger podcasts and people like Hassan now on Twitch is like, oh, you're making all this money. You're not a real socialist. Like, yes, it's disconcerting that it's still a sort of winner take all environment, but they are making all of their money from Patreon and individual donors, which means they are inherently not bought out by the normal interests like the media is they could go do a normal media career is that what we want no obviously not like this is a good thing yeah. i don't love in, that in they're fairness, making millions in but fairness, yes will menneker could absolutely make more money just going on msnbc yes uh virgil texas could go on union busting young turks take a salaried position and give you the middle finger and still get all the same plaudits with even less of the hate that he gets now if he is if it's a problem that socialist anythings make money, then we're never going to build any sort of power base to to challenge the status quo. Yeah, I and yeah. also <laughs> Bernie Sanders raises money the same fucking way. And furthermore, final point on the podcast thing, uh, a lot of you guys weren't 
out and about in like the 90s and early 2000s, if you were uh, grotesquely overweight racist in like the South, you could basically walk into a radio station, be given a show and get paid like four million a year to be like Oprah would or wouldn't. You know what I'm talking about, boys. So the (laughs) fact that they make like a collective mill a year off of, you know, actual socialist trying to be woke messages, even when Amber's on like (laughs) this is not a step in the wrong direction, certainly. Yes. Uh, honestly, any of the big independent media platforms, at any point in time, they could start selling advertising space and make probably 10 times what they're making. Because they have such a massive audience, 100% they could sell advertising space. They're not doing it, and that is a conscious choice to not do that. Yeah, you could be binging with Babish. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I do not want to hear Matt Crispin doing Blue Apron ad reads. You know, He could. Yeah. He, could. he is oh, only yeah. not doing that because he cares enough about the same stuff you care about. And again, he's knocking doors. And everyone who's canceling people for not being the right five-part hoxhidist of their fucking leftist tendency, it's like... Yeah, let's. What let's, are you doing? Let's fight against the larger enemies who are actually making this shit terrible for everybody, instead of people who are doing the work to get Bernie elected. I was in Times Square the other day because we went to the the excellent Pod Damn America uh, live yes. show, and it was great. Shout out to all them and Kate Willett and everyone. Uh, but as I was walking to Caroline's, which is it's in Times Square, I'm looking around, thinking like, we have to convert. Brett was like, what, a third? At least a third. At least a third of every person in Times Square has to have a basic understanding of class consciousness for anything to get done. And I had the thought, like, are we right now with the way we're doing things able to bring people into the fold quicker than, like, the worst guy in your Discord can cancel them for being a Nazi because they had the wrong take on Hong Kong? Like, is, is this where we're at? Exactly. I, I yeah. I think I think the focus should not be on criticizing necessarily the amount of money they're making, but trying to push them to spend it in good ways, like they're doing now. Right, holding rallies, traveling around the country. That those are all good things. That's exactly what I want. Right, using it to do good. Yes, please. Let's let's keep on that path. That is that it, that should be the goal. And ideally, I love that they keep going toe to toe with everybody in traditional media. And what's become abundantly clear is. The people they've been making fun of are deeply aggrieved by it. Yeah. David Frum just doesn't happen to see a fucking Will Miniker post and go crazy. He's fucking sitting at home waiting for an opportunity to pounce because he is so fucking pissed at how often they've bragged on Look, him. Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand is a terrible writer, uh, and, and you should not take her seriously, and she deserves all the hate she gets. But she never fucking wrote words that caused the death of literally unknown millions uh, in the near and far east. So thanks for that, David, from when you tweet to Will Menneker, a podcast host that, you know, your ends uh, might be right, but you really have to uh, take a look at, at your the means that you're employing to get there if they're causing harm to others. Get fucked forever, David, from normal societies would fucking tie you to a tree and let the ants take you. Yeah, and when like you know the the pod save Johns are like quote tweeting the 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 Chapo guys and like you know be, be, try trying to like you know uh, like have them provide um, proof for their statements of when when they were talking about how they got Warren to take the DNA test, they're fucking shaking in their shoes, and you love to see it. You know, like they're like you really do. Yeah, listen to pod saves. I mean, don't actually listen to pod saves. <laughs> But listen to pod saves for 30 minutes, count the number of commercials, and then go back to Chapo and question which one you're more okay with. Because, I, I, you know, 
that that is the one to one. Those are the two biggest ones. One is the DNC one. One is the leftist one. Those are the two biggest podcasts for each of their respective groups. That it, it is a noticeable difference, and you'll very quickly understand who are they beholden to. Yeah, uh, one group of cool everyday leftist guys are on like the, every single board of every Palantir knockoff yeah. or pharma company or big Silicon Valley app that's going to change the way that we comparison shop for private health insurance. That's all them. And they have a bunch of commercials for blue apron and Casper mattress. Uh, also Griff's yeah. all over their progressive podcast. The worst thing the other ones do is maybe spend too much Patreon money, uh, on Coke while at Bernie Sanders events. <laughs> uh, one, of, uh, I, I, one of them seems tolerable to me. The other seems absolutely insufferable and I'll let you work it out. Yeah, exactly. One of one of the um, uh, like pods. One of the interesting little little uh, you know tidbits about those pod safe guys is that you can make a case that they're partially responsible for Trump becoming a political actor because if you remember back in like I think it was like the 2011 White House correspondence dinner where Obama ro yeah. roasted Trump because you know tr Trump was doing the birtherism stuff and then he was invited to the to the to the correspondence dinner and, and Obama did a roast of him and the whole room was laughing in his like, you know, politics of grievance and, you know, personal grievance. You can see that as an inciting incident for him wanting to, you know, take on the entire political establishment. And guess who wrote those jokes that Obama was saying? Uh, John Lovett. So yeah, we have, we have pods, <laughs> pod save is a huge uh, reason that we have Trump to begin with. If you ever want real clear-cut evidence that Barack Obama is not the brain genius everyone fucking deifies him as, you should look at the actual non-disputed facts that he did public speaking and, in fact, jokes written by John fucking Lovett. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying fucking Tesla would not have done that. <laughs> so one of the takeaways from Super Tuesday, for me at least, is this is how powerful the media can be. Uh, united on a front, giving nonstop positive plaudits, uh, I, I, keep, they keep talking about the fucking mean Bernie supporters online. Meanwhile, there's an actual Nazi at the rally, right? Like they're very clearly trying to push a narrative. Um, one of the other things though, for me from the super Tuesday stuff is the DNC now has a hundred percent fully committed themselves to doing a weekend at Bernie's for the next nine months. That's what they're <laughs> trying to do. They are trying to prop up a man who is clearly falling apart mentally. And they're going to try to do this and keep it going from now through November and then hopefully hide him away and hope he lasts just long enough to fucking take office. That is that is the game plan. I'm going to play this Joe Rogan clip because this is sort of what you're getting. It's right now the media is telling you Joe Biden's electable. Um, it's ableist to criticize him. He, in fact, has a stutter. That's what's going on with the fact that he's clearly less sharp than he used to be and he's losing his place. Meanwhile, Fox News is just outright laughing at him for losing his mind. And Joe Rogan, who pretty much just hates all of the political parties, is saying things like this. So I forget what it was. I forget what the gaffe was. But it was one of those we listened to him like, what you're what are you saying? Like, it's it's like he has no brakes. Like right. his car is going down the hills. Like, oh, geez, I hit a fucking tree. He's like, hit the wall. Fuck <laughs> it. it is. Can't remember the word creator. Rever refers to God as the thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, actually, I like that more. That's no, funny. You know what I think? I have a different the take thing. on it. Let's play it because I want. I want. I have a different take on it because when I listened to it, I said, "Oh, I know what he's doing." Which he, one do you think it is? His first. The, or the bottom one. The second yeah. one. He doesn't want to. Here, let's. We hold these truths to be self-evident. <laughs> All men and women created by go. You know the. You know the thing. <laughs> Stop. Pause. You can't be president. What? Stop. Pause. Pause. Listen, we can't play any games here, folks. This is a really old man who can't talk. Like, this is not a joke. Like, that right now, you yeah. know the thing? Play that again. Play that again. This should get you into a mental hospital. Right. They should be like, hey, um, Joe, are you all right? We owe these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go. You know the you know the he thing. He had three strokes while he was saying that. <laughs> the first one, what was that word? Self-evident? Is that we what he said? We hold these truths to be self-evident. But yeah. it didn't even sound right. Hear it again. Listen to it. <laughs> we hold these truths to be self-evident. 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 He's drunk. <laughs> That dude's either drunk or he can't talk. We are, we are just choose to be celebrant. He shouldn't be doing this anymore. Celebrant. Yeah, that's that's such a revealing clip because you know Joe Joe Rogan. You know that say say what you like about him, but he's a, just a real bellwether for your you know average a, average you know sort of dumb guy um, sort of uh, you know you know countenance. And th those people are not going to come out and vote for Biden. They're, they're, he's he's not going to he's not going to excite anyone you know you're gonna you're gonna get some you're gonna get the old people out but the old people go for trump in even bigger numbers so you're not gonna win on that demographic exactly biden at the top of his game is a terrible choice because Biden, the top of his game is a man who always had a decent number of gaffes who has supported virtually every bad policy the democrats have ever passed he's the reason you can't discharge your debt he's the reason uh, we have like horrific drug war laws. He he heightened that. He's the reason so many people are in prison for minor possession. Um, he he opposed busing. He opposed uh, Roe v. Wade when it first passed. Like the the man's a piece of shit politically. He has voted for every fucking war that he could. Um, one of the few books I did read about the Obama administration was from the uh i always forget his name it was the republican guy that they kept on as secretary of defense because obama's trying to do like see i work with republicans <laughs> and he wrote a book and the whole book you get a really interesting perspective on the sort of like internal discussions about war and the troops and the military and like as an enlisted person it was interesting to me every single discussion joe biden was pro bombing or invasion for every single thing any decision point biden was the most militaristic in the room to the point where the republican secretary of defense would go damn he kind of reminds me of uh cheney with how fucking psychotically addicted to this jesus not a great look when the republican secretary of defense is concerned by your aggressive commitment to war. Listen here, Colonel, uh, when I was young, I'd, I'd be at the old track and field with Jupe Jope, and I'd <laughs> see them jacks coming in with their flubberdurbers, and I'd hit them right there. I'd say, smack, you going to put your umbrella, as you put your shade in the wrong place, buddy. And I don't care if the grass is getting higher, because that shit's, that shit's got to get cut high and tight, semper fi. And you know what? That's why a kid on my lap that's worth two in the bush, and I say, fuck Yemen. Joe Biden signing off. He, he's been, you know, uniquely involved in every, um, you know, poor political decision of the past, you know, 40 years of neoliberalism in ways that few other people in the establishment power structure have been, you know. That Secretary of Defense is Robert Gates. So that was Robert Gates, who it was not a great human, who was terrified of 
Joe Biden's level of insane warmongering. This guy's uh, like fucking scat jazz Henry Kissinger. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it, it, that's that's a terrible sign. So even Joe Biden, normal Joe Biden, Joe Biden at the top of his game is a person with horrific policies. Then you go, all right, well, what about personal stuff? And it's like, well, his son definitely got a weird job in the Ukraine based off of nothing and got paid. And that was very clearly just because he was the son of the current vice president. Uh, he definitely had another son marry his dead son's wife or fuck his dead son's wife that's fucking weird i don't really want to think about We've that all one played much. crusader kings too like that's just bizarre uh then you have the fact that he's like the most grabby person in the party the fact that he hasn't gotten forced out is shocking and you can tell it's just pure institutional fucking uh support is the only reason he hasn't gotten pushed out for that stuff because he is obviously everybody knows Joe Biden's the grabbiest motherfucker around. Do you think Al Franken is just jumping up and down and throwing his hat on the ground looking at Biden <laughs> right now? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure that drove him fucking crazy. And then you have that. And then now you have the fact that he's not even at the top of his game anymore. The media establishment is basically doing a con in which they get Bernie fucked over so that they can offer up a sacrificial lamb for Trump because that is what's going to happen. He is going to absolutely demolish him. He is worse in every possible way as a candidate than Hillary. I don't know how that's possible, but it's true. The only thing he's better at, uh, if you want to be a real cynic, is he's a white dude and she's a woman. So if you want to say there's like a 5% bump for misogyny, all right, cool. Does that make up for the 20% drop for losing your fucking mind on every debate? Eh, probably and not. Like, say what you want about Hillary, but, you know, she actually had a pretty large, you know, you know, demographic of fanatical supporters who were, you know, behind. She yeah. Did. And, and, and definitely for worse, but she yeah. did. And, and, and <laughs> she actually had, you know, you know, she had better policy positions than Joe Biden does like that. How the fuck is that possible? He is worse on policy than she was. And she did not have great policies, but she at least was trying to undercut a little bit of the progressive movement by giving a little bit of room there biden's is full-on like go fuck yourself i mean he's basically said that every time the youth come up so thanks for that one biden biden is a perfect avatar for the dnc as it currently exists because he's a failing old white dude who fucking hates young people and hates the idea of any change whatsoever like he is a pure old status quo politician for the gerontocracy that is our fucking honestly our entire political system but even more so it is the dnc they have actively avoided recruiting any youthful voices that disagree with them they hate the few that have been put in since 2018 they are going to fight tooth and nail to fuck over anybody under 40 improving this terrible system that has basically destroyed us that that is who joe biden is uh, he has always been bank friendly. He's always been pro-war. He's always been fucking homophobic, right? He's a piece of shit. He's always been a piece of shit. Him losing his mind just makes it even easier to attack him. Like this is, it, it is an insane choice to fucking rally behind him. Yeah, I, I made a joke on Twitter the other day that if Biden's the nominee, Trump is going to run on Medicare for all. And well, you know, that's definitely not true, but Trump is going to run to the left of him on a lot of issues. You know, on yeah, uh, I, I saw you say that, and you're you're not wrong. Already, Trump is challenging Biden on the left on Social Security and Medicare, and crime and by bill, the way, and correctly, yep. he has the right left critique of Biden, <laughs> yeah. which means we do live in hell. Here's the most insane thing: normal centrist analysts are going, if it's Biden, Trump will probably make weed legal to fuck him over because then he can be to his left. This is the horrible state we're in, and I don't want to do any real apologia here, but 
if you have a dedicated psychopath for a corrupt institution, a corrupt and evil institution, like the DNC, it, it runs on the blood and bone of the poor, basically. Yes. And it's, it's especially damning because they present like that isn't the case and they're actually there to help you, right? A competent madman that is totally in hock to the party is more threatening to me than a fucking deranged narcissist that listens to nobody because at least the narcissist has like a well uh i want people to like me and a broken clock is right twice a day oh that's so depressing and even on yeah Yeah. even on like foreign policy stuff you know he's gonna hit biden on his iraq war vote um and then he can say oh you know i haven't started any new wars uh i i which is true and he can he can credibly say you are the senator from delaware you are the banking senator you've said you're the banking senator You're the person that wants Lockheed and Boeing's uh, margins to go up because it's good for you as the banking senator and for Wall Street. I haven't started any wars. You almost certainly will. And you backed wars even at fucking Libya and Syria. Yeah. And he can go, oh, you don't like me putting kids in cages? Joe Biden supported that when it was the same policy under the Biden administration. Trump has no regard for human life. He just doesn't want people to be mad at him. (laughs) Biden also has no regard for human life. He's made that pretty fucking clear over the course of his career. Yeah, no, I mean, going against Biden is, this is absolutely the test, and it's a fair one, by the way. It, it, it's a, a clear-eyed evaluation of where we're at. If the, the left movement in America, I know it's hard, it's not fair, it's asymmetrical, everyone's against you, the media, money, banking, like, it's really tough. I understand that. But if the left movement in America cannot electorally overcome sundowning Joe Biden, now was not the time for us. Like, I genuinely believe that. Like, if we don't have the organization to beat someone who the average person listens to for 30 seconds and goes, oh, my God, absolutely not, then we still need to do more organizing, mutual aid. We need to build up our power, our base of power. We need to get a coalition. Like, we need to do these sorts of things. If we lose, it will be deserved. Absolutely. Yeah. But I will say there is a lot of value from this particular Super Tuesday, because what you have had is everybody clearly identifying how they feel about you and identifying themselves as your enemy. If you want Medicare for all, a lot of people leapt out to go, oh, I'm morally opposed to you and that goal. It was fucking great, too. Uh, every We get to know what t- it's like playing uh, werewolf or mafia, but you know what everyone's roles are now. Yes. Yeah. It could not be simpler. Yeah. There's no more ambiguity over like, well, I don't know. Are they in good faith or not? It's very simple. People are telling you explicitly uh, rick uh was it santorelli the cnbc dipshit yeah literally went on the air and went you know what yeah the uh the whole coronavirus thing it doesn't kill that much more than the normal flu i think we should just give it to everyone let the standard number of people for our status quo die and then the markets would settle down he said that on air and listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. All I know is think about how the world would be if you tried to quarantine everybody because of the generic type flu. Now, I'm not saying this is the generic type flu, but maybe we'd be just better off if we gave it to everybody. And then in a month, it would be over because the mortality rate of this probably isn't going to be any different if we did it that way than the long term picture. But the difference is we're re- wreaking havoc on global and domestic economies. Yeah, it's like literally announcing you're a eugenicist on on air. Exactly. It's saying 
the status quo, the engine is fueled with blood and bone. And if you care about the market being stable more than humans, this is the normal amount of human currency we sacrifice to keep our market god alive. He's just saying it openly with no metaphor. That was absolutely untenable in like the near Tandon third way era. And now it's all out there. What a great time to be on the left. Our opponents have never been more fucking blunt and obvious and vulnerable. Exactly. And and I know people might not love the whole, I, I've seen a lot of complaining about describing these people's enemies, but let's be clear. You are asking to not die from being poor, to maybe not get taken advantage of if you want to go to university to perhaps do something about a climate apocalypse that's looming. These are the things you're requesting, and people are lining up to tell you to go fuck yourself, right? That is what is occurring. The entire talking point about people being mean online and them being Bernie bros is unique and interesting to me because typically you do not attack the supporters of a candidate, right? You attack the candidate. When they go down, you try to get the supporters on your side because what you do not want to do is make it abundantly clear that you hate the individual humans supporting these policies, that you, the party, think all of the people supporting these policies are fucking evil. That is what they're doing. They are telling you explicitly, this is not just a war against Bernie. It's a war against you. Fuck you for going online and being sad that your fucking uncle or mom is dying. Fuck you. That is what they are telling you. It's the deplorables thing, but the DNC to everyone who wants to be able to get a fucking insulin shot and pap smear. It's incredible. Yeah, this yes. this election's um, deplorables are the nobodies, as Hillary said, that nobody likes him at Bernie. You know, just the complete erasure of people, you know, Exper- you know, experiencing the the pain and loss and tragedy of the fucking yeah, like the fucking blood and bone that props up our you know the entire fucking capitalist system and in the establishment government that you know greases the wheels for its continued existence. And if you're online saying that you're not going to support the candidate who's our best chance at getting universal health care and like averting um, planetary climate apocalypse because you know come goblin 69 sent you the poop emoji in your mentions like you are the fucking enemy like we know who these people are like you 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 are not on the side of of life at the end of the day exactly and and this is one of those things that is a large strategic choice that all of the dnc and media have made everybody who's younger within the the party system has made that choice banking on the idea that as you get old and get money, which that's never going to happen if you keep the system up, as you get older and get money, you'll come back to their side. But the boomers, the boomers are going with a different philosophy. Yeah, I was going to say, the boomer philosophy is very much, and this is something that the the Biden camp and the DNC, and I I can't believe I'm saying the DNC so much because this used to be the whole GOP thing, is you get the boomer death cult. It's people that... In the, the the one area we haven't quite got to the quiet part loud, we've seen that with sort of the Democratic establishment saying, like, I don't really care about health care. I just wanted to be the most progressive sounding person that didn't have to eat a tax hike. That's, that's where I'm trying to position myself. Yeah. It's been fascinating to see the DNC take the GOP messaging on. If you're a boomer, you will not live forever. Why not commit to enjoying your last decade? And that's their whole thing. Now, we know climate change is coming, but it will not kill you because you'll already be dead. 
So, you know, what if we give you enough cover and we give you the right language and we say that, you know, people online are mean or it made Facebook less good because that's your number one voting issue. What if we say that, you know, it's actually reasonable to sell everyone out for 10 more years of absolute imperialist debauchery? And the boomers have said, yeah, fuck it. Half my kids are still living with me, probably because of them and not because of me stealing generational wealth. Seriously. So, uh, fuck it. And I hate to be that uh, reactionary. People say that, you know, generational warfare is inherently reactionary. Uh, I agree and disagree. Boomers are trying to not just kill us, but kill untold generations because they've been supped on greed for so long that they can't imagine a standard of life that not even like dips for them, but elevates others that aren't them up to their level. Like this is it. There will be people, if humans are around in 20,000 years, they'll be living on a fucking hellscape because your dad went Biden over Bernie. It's deranged, but I think I genuinely believe that. Am I crazy? No, yeah, yeah, no, like they're, they're arch, they will be arch individualists until their actions lead to the end of the world. Because, and you know, I'm, I'm always reminded of this, of this Ayn Rand quote where she said, I'm never going to die because when I die, the world dies with me because I can only perceive of the world from my perspective. I cannot imagine what it is like to be anyone else or, you know, the sort of collective humanity that exists outside of me. And even, even, you know, go back, going back to, you know, give credit, the, the boomers, the, the cultural gains that they, they made throughout, you know, the, the, you know, hippies and the, in the, in the movements in the sixties and seventies, those were all from the basis of arch individualism. They have no idea how to, you know, act, act for, for the collective good because they've had they, because they've experienced their whole lives in the greatest period of material wealth for any demographic in any country in the history of the world. Exactly. And, and Rob, no, you're not crazy. You can look at the voting numbers. This makes it abundantly clear what's happening. More, the, the share of old people that are anti-Bernie is far larger than the share of young people that are pro-Bernie, right? Even just then, uh, young people, yes, overwhelmingly support Bernie. Is it at... 80 90 percent no boomers oh yeah you better fucking believe it so i will paint with a broad brush because i know the boomers who don't feel that way are such a tiny proportion that they know i don't mean them so i don't have to worry about that one so i do mean the vast majority of boomers as someone who grew up in florida and grew up in literally a state operating on the exact same principles of old people telling you to go fuck yourself florida, if you want better things florida's been a great training ground for that because the entire state is doing the boomer sundowning thing yes the limestone base will erode within a hundred years with any amount of climate change i'm talking like a few inches of sea level rise so everyone living in florida is already like i don't know throw your whopper wrapper on the ground it doesn't fucking matter this shit's going to be gone in a second anyway and that's how boomers engage electorally even 20 years ago well florida was was a state in which you could say hey it would we have like one of the worst school systems in the country. It was always either 40, 49 or 50. We hit 50. There you go. Uh, like that's, that's the level of Florida education and people will go, maybe we should invest more money. What if we slightly raise property taxes and every single old person that I knew at that time, every single boomer would say, absolutely not. My kids and grandkids don't live here. This is my retirement home. 
And I said, well, I'm a young person that lives here. And they would essentially say as politely as possible, sometimes not politely, to go fuck yourself. So this very much feels like the uh, the meme of studying the blade, but fighting boomers. <laughs> I have been fighting boomers my entire life. So here's the game plan, y'all. If you think you can talk to them, talk to them. If they're not completely gone, please, for the love of God, do everything you can to convince them to. I'll take not voting, but ideally vote for Bernie. Make it... Do any of the electability arguments that are out there for why you shouldn't go for Biden, they're very clear. They're very easy to argue. If they have specific policies they support, Bernie's probably the one with those policies because Biden's literally saying change nothing. Go with those arguments. If you can, put a goddamn child lock on their TV so they can't fucking watch uh, CNN or MSNBC anymore. But most of all, I know every single one of you have been lying to all of them about your sex life, your drug use, probably your job lie to them not if me. you have to do not me fucking lie to their goddamn face because that's what the media is doing too and i have no problem if you want to cancel me for this lie to these old motherfuckers who are going to ruin the world do it if that's what it takes i have no problem with that tell them obama endorsed uh, bernie i don't give a fuck if that's what you need to do i do not want to die in a fucking gutter uh because i got a an infection that i couldn't fucking fix because i didn't have health care i don't want to watch more of my family members die because they couldn't afford things or lose a vision or fucking get homeless like the economy is on its way down again please for the love of god can we fix anything and if it takes lying to boomers to get them to do the right thing hey I'm totally comfortable with that moral decision. Yeah, it's it's fucking it's informational warfare and we need to exploit every asymmetry that is available to us. You know, cuz they, you know, like, you know, we're 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 up against the entire power structure. So, yeah, do do what you have to do. I, I would like to just bring in to add to Brett's game plan. You know, anything you think of, figure it out cuz right now the number one stumbling block is generational. It is yes. boomers. It's just they will they will turn out and they will vote against you because they don't think they'll be here. They think they're avoiding the pain. So I'm gonna give you a classic Polish game plan where they will not <laughs> avoid the pain. This works better in Slavic families because they speak the language. But basically, you just walk up to your dad and you go, Bernie is literally uh, trying to provide student debt relief to everyone at a total level. So he understands that you've been preyed upon, you're the fucking victim, you've been exploited, uh, because you tried to go to a good college, even though society said that, and now you're getting a job, but you literally can't get wages enough to pay this shit off. So that's exploitation. And so that should, some reparation should be made. And by the way, mm -hmm. the reparations should also be made, but right. we'll, we'll leave that there that's for a right. second. Uh, if you have student debt and Bernie wants to erase it and Biden is the reason you can't even declare bankruptcy and your father is a Biden supporter. Just hit them with that fact. Just say, hey, dad, um, every single day I have to fucking make less money because people vote for Biden. So are you one of them? And then they'll either go like, oh, fuck, let me think about it. Or fuck you. Or oh, I'm still voting for Biden. And then in Slavic families, you then say, bitch. And then you fight your dad <laughs> and you establish dominance over him until he understands that the pain will be immediate if you do not support my candidate. And I'll be flying back every Thanksgiving to do this. I'm going to pick you up over my head and spin you around like an old-timey strongman every single time <laughs> until you support the candidate. You will not escape the pain. I genuinely think that's a little bit of a strong uh, argument because every boomer in the world was comfortable enough to have kids if they wanted 
and those kids landed in some real fucking predatory financial situations. So if you can't convince your own parents that it's Bernie just for the sake of them getting generational wealth, even if you don't have student loans, your entire cohort suddenly having more purchasing power is not just good for them. It's not just good for you being in that market. It's good for capitalism if you're a capitalist. Yeah. Right? This is demand side. This is every if you can't see that, it really is your own parents saying fuck you, which, you know, withhold grandkids, stop talking. Again, do what you have to this do. This is it. Here's the thing. They're not going to be around forever. You can still have your grandkids or whatever, but it's time to go after the boomers by any means necessary. Yeah, listen. They they've been firing shots for years. It's time to fucking hit yeah, back. Yeah, you you have emotional leverage to play here. You know? <laughs> like um and yeah, just you know, pull out all the stops and 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 do what you have to do. Exactly. I, we're not going to get all of them, but get what you can. Uh, show uh, the rest of them the social security quotes from Biden, which I thank God Bernie's running that attack ad nonstop. He should be such a winnable fight. It is. And then I, I would say for actual conversions, Gen X should probably be a a better target because you can convince a lot of them. Um, the boomers, it's about getting them to fuck off and not vote for Biden. You might not be able to get their vote for Bernie, but at least get them to go fuck themselves. Gen X should be on our side. We should be able to pull enough of them that it's at least equivalent. It's a it's an equal split between Biden and Bernie. I can deal with that. But we should be able to pull more Gen X. If they want the fucking era boomer control to finally die, we need to break their grip now. Yeah, any Gen X person that spent all of the 90s doing fuck all except smoking weed, listening to records, and being like, fuck you, the man, which, by the way, cool. Uh, <laughs> if you did that, you cannot vote for Joe Biden, you psycho. Yeah. Like, you've sold out a million small ways up to this point. If you're a Gen Xer, that's just like the path. We all have our burdens as generations. That That's yours, yes. right? This is one sellout that you absolutely don't have to do and actually – papers over a lot of wrongs on the way to being a creative consultant at McKinsey or whatever the fuck you are now, <laughs> you Gen X slug. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm trying to think like, you know, age-wise, if you're like a late Gen X person, you might have like a Zoomer kid and late Gen X people have to deal with a lot of the same, you know, alienation and hollowing out of our you know neoliberal society that the like millennials do so you know there's 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 a lot of potential common ground there we need we need fucking we got the zoomers gen x needs to get on board and then motherfucking moms for bernie that's gettable we can get some of the boomers also gen x if you ever want to ever have your hands on the wheel of power you need to help us get the boomers out now <laughs> because what's going to happen is they'll hold out for another 48 years and then we take over you want to force them out of the goddamn jobs that they've been holding forever as CEOs, as fucking professors, like push these motherfuckers out now while we can still salvage the system. Klobuchar fans were a great model for that because they're all like high professional class, uh, late Gen Xers that are like, no, no Pete Buttigieg. I don't care how sparkly it is. I'm the next in line. No. I, okay, things might have changed. I Maybe I don't fit in with the style now, and maybe I abuse everyone around me and throw staplers, but there's an order of operations. Boomers out, me in. So, yes, fuck the boomers. They have made it, again, I, you can call it ageism all you want. They have made it known what their preferences are. They have made it clear that they have no willingness to help, compromise, or assist us in any way, shape, or form in improving our lives. That is the situation we're in. It's time to fight. All that said... Uh, let's talk about something that is a, a little more fun for me, at least. Uh, Bloomberg's out. 
And uh, that's a fucking delight. Um, Brett, you actually have a clip that is, it was sort of jarring for me because, I mean, Bloomberg was the mayor of New York for 12 years. Broke term limits, and yet the U.S. did not invade for some reason. Uh, but broke term <laughs> limits, went beyond the eight for 12 years he was mayor. I never saw him get emotional. And we have a clip here from his, uh, his like concession speech right before he canceled his campaign where he literally does uh, tear up. So if you just want to uh, play that. Yeah, so this is him in his concession, uh, finally ending his campaign and endorsing Biden. after which point he wiped a tear away and and climbed completely vertical up one of the walls using only his palms <laughs> oh my god i'm so glad he's out of the race he was he was sort of terrifying uh i'm so glad that they've decided to back biden and bloomberg left because actually one of my big fears was that he'd stay in and if biden did what he does so frequently which is implode that they just immediately pivot to bloomberg and bloomberg is a far more terrifying opponent um because he is the competent yeah. fascist so i'm so thrilled that he decided to lay it up uh ken klippenstein published an article and it's basically non-stop bloomberg staffers being like Here's how I took a bunch of money from him and actively ruined the campaign. Yeah, the article is on the Nation, which apparently you need to like sign up to view that article. So, if anybody has access to that, please share it with everyone because Ken did a great job with it. But it's all just how the Bloomberg thing is exactly. You know what? You're being gaslit by the media constantly, but it turns out you're right. You know, Joe Rogan looks at Biden and goes, "Oh, that guy's brains melted." You look at the Bloomberg campaign and you go, that's just for people ripping him off. Like, there's no real enthusiasm, right? And Ken Klippenstein went, correct. Uh, and also, apparently, uh, what was super effective is Warren going after him and dunking on him so hard did effectively murder uh, what little bit of movement they had internally. So, well done all the way around on that one. Shout out to Black Widow Warren. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I'm thrilled that he's gone. He spent... $500 million, six, I believe six, it was, at last bit. Yeah. 600 We hit six. Um, $600 million on a vanity campaign. That's honestly the best thing and most progressive thing Bloomberg has ever done. Because he has directly redistributed almost half a billion dollars to poor working class people. And if he were in power, that shit would never happen. No, absolutely not. So thank you for getting the fuck out now, Bloomberg. Um, he said he's not done. He's still trying to campaign for Biden. I think all he's doing now is writing checks so we don't have to worry about him blasting ads nonstop on every TV station for Biden, partly because he really can't. They'd have to set up a super PAC. Uh, we actually, which I'm thankful for because we did two weeks ago uh, on Twitch, we watched every single Bloomberg commercial. So thank God more people aren't going to have to suffer <laughs> Thank you those. for your service. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you hate both me and yourself, that's a great opportunity because there's like a six-hour stream where no one's happy. <laughs> and that's available on demand, twitch.com, TV, I don't even know. Twitch.tv slash dumb yeah, and awful. Uh, who gives a fuck? Anyway, uh, Bloomberg, uh, I'm a little bit worried about him because I, I 
he has so much money and he's going to keep spending it. And if he keeps spending it for Biden, that makes our job harder. But again, you know what? If you want to do the left thing, you have to actually fight and occasionally win against billionaires. So don't be sad. Don't be despondent. Let's just fucking get after it. Well, this is great, though, because now his money is going to Biden to spend and Biden's campaign is run by morons. Yeah, so. it's run by morons and all of their campaign stuff. They're basically doing the OK Cupid dating picture thing, which is anytime you see this motherfucker, it's going to be a photo that's like 15 years old. <laughs> and then when you actually get a, a live look at him, you're like, this guy's awful. <laughs> so do, do what you can. At some point, you can't hide the candidate behind a curtain. But do remember every single politician who rolled out uh, the minute they got a check from Bloomberg. Because there were politicians who didn't, who were trying to split the difference for a while to see which way the winds blew. Those, terrifying to say, those people are better than the ones who took the money and immediately supported him. Look yes. at you, Stacey Abrams. Something to keep in mind. Anybody who took the Bloomberg money and came out and supported him is someone that you should forever be convinced will sell you out in a heartbeat if they get a check. Yeah, it's a good metric. Like I said, it's only been good things this last week. It's been fucking dope. Yeah, they have identified themselves. We, we, we've like gained a whole bunch of, uh, to use the Warren speak, we've leveled up and, and got a lot of power upgrades that allow us uh, to gain more XP in the long game. Right now, it feels like we're taking a hit, but my God, it's making it much easier to make electoral and non-electoral decisions going forward. Yeah, it, it's it's a real exactly. mask off moment just on all fronts. Like you're saying rules but yes regardless everybody should be fucking jubilant that bloomberg is out um all right all thanks for listening it's been brett at real list board rob at dumb and awful and our guest today was griff shop at griff shop uh yeah so it's the the twitter handle is at griff shop uh the o being a zero um you can go to griff.shop for all your griff shop needs um and uh yeah thanks for having me on guys uh, huge fan of the show and this was a lot of fun yeah, hopefully we will have the Griff Shop Dumb and Awful uh, collab gear on its way. Hell yeah, uh, coming uh, soon. Soon, I'm, I'm psyched for that. Yeah, that'll be dope. You can find us on Patreon if you want to get bonus episodes. We have a Discord, which like we said, it's shockingly warm and fuzzy and beautiful. Uh, and I love all of them. So feel free to join us there. And if you want to do- Sweethearts, one and all. And if you want to do something for the podcast outside of those things, uh, feel free to- Write us a review on iTunes. Give us five stars. Uh, I Put in whatever gibberish you want into the written part of it. But it does help because everything's run by algorithms. People seem to be having fun with it. They do. Like if you look at the reviews and and you don't necessarily care about granting one, you'll still have a good time uh, reading them. Because people have really taken the, as long as it's five stars and you write something, the algorithm has no idea what you write. It's not parsing it. So go off. Uh, <laughs> it's led to some interesting outcomes. Exactly. Uh, but thanks for listening, y'all. Thanks for coming on Grip Shop. Yeah, yeah, thank you.